Pipelines returning more cash, September 13, 2023. The old MLP model rarely saw stock buybacks. Traditionally, the general partner or GP would sell assets to the MLP at controlled in a non-arm's length transaction. The MLP would issue equity and debt to pay for them. MLPs were sellers of their own units, not buyers. Today's midstream energy infrastructure sector has left that model behind. Most companies are corporations and most have buyback programs in place. Of the names listed, 12 of 16 retired some stock last year and 14 are expected to do so this year. The buyback yield, i.e. portion of outstanding shares repurchased, can be added to the dividend yield to give the total return to shareholders exclusive of price changes. By this measure, half the 16 companies listed offer a return of 7.9% or greater, assuming they execute their buyback programs as J.P. Morgan projects through the remainder of the year. This year's median dividend yield plus buyback yield of 7.9% is up from 7.4% last year, a 7% growth rate. Returns are increasing. MLPs are repurchasing shares alongside their C-Corp peers. Without a controlling GP poised to drop down assets, they have more conventional growth capex opportunities of acquisitions and reinvesting back in the business. M&A activity has picked up recently, with One Oak's acquisition of Magellan Midstream and Energy Transfer's purchase of Crestwood. Investors worried that Energy Transfer's issuance of $2.7 billion in equity to fund this purchase indicated that buybacks were a lower priority. But the company assuaged these fears with a presentation that earmarks up to 20% of distributable cash flow to buybacks once they've reduced their debt-to-EBITDA ratio closer to four times. The One Oak Magellan deal looks likely to receive shareholder approval now that independent proxy firms Glass, Lewis, and ISS both recommended a yes vote. The deal-making reflects increased confidence in the sector's outlook by management. Many companies have revised up their 2023 EBITDA over the past year without seeing it reflected in stock price performance. Valuations are still below where they were in 2019 before the pandemic, even though companies have de-risked by reducing leverage. Enterprise value to EBITDA averaged 11.5 times for the sector, according to J.P. Morgan, and is below 10 times today. Leverage is coming down and dividends are growing. CapEx remains well below the levels of 2018, partly because environmental extremists have turned the courts into a weapon against all kinds of infrastructure, including renewables. See, wind power faces a tempest. This has helped improve free cash flow among pipeline companies. Canada has similar problems. The Trans Mountain expansion from Alberta to British Columbia has quadrupled in cost since Kinder Morgan deftly sold it to the Canadian government in 2018. The ultimate tab might go even higher. Engineering difficulties have led the company to request a different route, but the indigenous community is opposed. Public hearings are scheduled, and the crude pipeline's completion could be pushed back a further nine months to the end of next year. Unlike in the U.S., Canada's native tribes never signed peace treaties with the European settlers. As a result, they have greater legal rights, including limited sovereignty over their land. Canadian construction projects often have to work around this, as Trans Mountain is having to. Unexpected delays are common in pipeline projects, which is why it's unattractive to build them. This makes the existing stock of infrastructure more valuable. I used to think climate extremists were trying to put us out of business, but I have since developed a more subtle appreciation of their positive impact on free cash flow since there's less spending on new pipeline construction. Hug a climate protester and drive him to his next protest. In spite of all these positives, after two very strong years, the pipeline sector, as represented by the American Energy Independence Index, 
is lagging the broader market this year. It looks cheap to us. U.S. natural gas prices have been weak in recent months. Domestic demand isn't growing fast enough to match production. The market needs more liquefaction capacity. Fortunately, that's coming. The U.S. Energy Information Administration expects gross LNG exports to reach 14 billion cubic feet per day by the end of next year. The net may be smaller if Massachusetts imports LNG as they have in the past. See why staying warm in Boston will cost you. Based on projects under construction, we should be exporting 24 billion cubic feet per day by 2027, a doubling over five years. This will add upward pressure to cheap U.S. prices and will enable other countries to reduce their use of coal for power generation. The valuations, strong fundamentals and growth prospects make this one of the most overlooked sectors in the market.